today I'm going to be speaking about Jeremiah 29. And um, I think the, the word that's on my heart really is that exile is tough. Um, and um, what I'm going to be talking to you about is calling and what God calls us to do. Uh, so four years ago, I was just about to start training as a minister. I just got through years and years. It would taken me a long time to get to that point, And I was excited because I was just stepping into the training to be a minister. Um, my daughter was about to start. We were living in London. My daughter was about to start the school of her dreams, the one that she'd always wanted to go to. And she was so excited. She got a place. We got the uniform. She was all ready to go. Um, and we were just um, we were just coming into the sort of the summer and then the autumn, where we um, where we were going to be um, sort of setting on the next chapter of our lives. So me training for ministry, my daughter starting secondary school, um, and it was probably sort of middle way through September that my husband said to me, "There's a job in Bristol that I quite like to apply for. Please could you apply, please could you pray about it?" And I have to tell you, this is a terrible confession, I lied. And I said to him, yes, I'll pray about it. And then I came back to him and I said, I don't think God is calling us to go to Bristol. (laughs) But the thing is, my justification, and there's always a justification behind a lie, isn't there? My justification was there was no way that God could be calling us out of London because we were very happy, we were doing the things that we were called to do. So how could God be calling us to do something different? We were very happy we didn't want to move. Um, and my husband said to me, do you know, it, I, can't, I can't shift this feeling that God might be calling me to take this job at Trinity College or to, you know, to apply for it. Please, could you pray about it again? And at that point, I had to say, do you know, I'm really sorry, I didn't actually pray about it. And when I did start to pray about it, I got that sort of unsettled feeling that actually God was calling me to do something that I didn't want to do. I did not want to leave my friends in London. I did not want my daughter to have to leave the school that she'd so longed to go to. I did not want to leave my friends and family, and you know, everyone, not family, but we, we had a lot of contacts in London. Our children had all grown up there, gone to school. I would walk along the street and I would know so many people. But God had other ideas, and I was able to continue my calling um, and train in ministry. And as you see, here we are, four years later, um, God has brought us to Bristol. Um, and done some amazing things. We did not expect a pandemic. We did not expect all sorts of things to happen, but they have. But God has called us, and he has been faithful to us. In this chapter here, we see the people people are hoping, they're, they're being sent into exile. Now, they think and they hope that the exile will be just a short thing. But actually here, Jeremiah is saying to them, "Uh uh-uh, it's not a short thing. Build houses. You know, it's not a quick job. Build a house. Get used to being in your new space. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Now, anyone that's planting a garden or working with a garden knows you don't get fruit just like that, do you? If you want to get fruit and things from your garden, you plant your garden and you keep working on it year after year after year. And this is what God is telling the exiles. He's saying, settle down. Get used to living here. Now, this is what God said to us. Settle down in Bristol. Get used to it. You'll be living here for a while. 
Take wives, have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply and do not decrease. So they're being told, this is the future for your family for now. This is, this is the way it's going to be. Enjoy being in this place because this is, this is what you're going to be doing. And it says in verse 7, Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. I think Laura's version said, for in its prosperity, you will find your prosperity. I quite like that word. Seeking the welfare of the city means you really have to settle somewhere. It means you really have to kind of put your roots down. For me, um, seeking, what does it mean to seek the welfare of the city? Well, um, I pray for the city. I, I kind of, I'm working with um, Home for Good, trying to work with some of the most vulnerable people in the city, um, the foster children. That's, for me, that is part of my call to seek the welfare of the city. And I think of other people in this congregation who are also seeking the welfare of the city. We've got our own free woman over in the corner. And, um, you know, and, and there's plenty of people who are, in their different ways, seeking the welfare of the city. Perhaps it might be through being a doctor in the hospitals or working in the hospices or uh, praying. You, know, you might not have a role of anything, but you can pray for this city. You can pray because when the city is prayed for and it becomes more prosperous or it becomes more... Um, I think there's a better word than welfare or prosperity. It's more like sort of a good place to be, a godly place to be. When we pray for that to happen, it also impacts us too because we're living in a better place. If we pray for there to be less racism or less crime or if we pray for um, there to be less homeless people, this is going to impact all of us in positive ways. So it says in, your, in, your, um, in, your, in, in praying for the welfare of the city, you will find your welfare. As we care for this city around us, it will become a better place for all of us to live. So that's part of of what this verse says. And for some of you, some people here, you have become exiles from your own country. And perhaps, you know, this is not quite where you thought you'd be in 10 years' time. And it's been, and this is, you know, a little bit like myself. You, you kind of think, what, what am I doing here in Bristol? How did I get here? Some of you might have thought that 40 years ago and still be here. You know, how, how did I end up here? But God has a purpose and God has a plan. And it says, um, for thus says the Lord, verse 10, Only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Now, you know, if you're not very happy somewhere and you're being an exile, you've been taken out of your own country, put somewhere else, to be told it's okay, you're only going to stay here 70 years. (laughs) It's not very comforting, is it? (laughs) To be told it's only 70 years. But God has a bigger plan. And he has a bigger purpose. And he's telling these people that you are there for this purpose, for this time. And this is what you need to do when you're there. You need to settle. You need to seek the welfare. And then we all love this next verse, don't we? For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for harm, to give you a future with a hope. We love that, don't we? Well, God knows the plans, but we often forget that God's plans come on the back of a 70-year exile. 
God is not promising us that it's going to be easy. He's not promising. He never promised to me when we moved from London to Bristol, it's going to be easy. We knew that God was calling us, but we didn't know what that calling would involve. We didn't know that one of the first things that Sean had to do would be to close down the college. You know, <laughs> he comes to take a job in a college and then has to close it down for lockdown. You know, these, these things are not things that we anticipate, but God is with us. And he says, I know the plans I have for you. These plans will prosper you and they will not harm you. They will give you a hope and a future. And as we think about St. Matthew's, we're thinking through our vision process at the moment. And we're thinking, what is the hope? What is the future for our church? I think if you sat down with with everybody here and said, what is your hope for St. Matthew's? What is your vision? What is your desire? We probably have similar but maybe slightly different ideas. But what we would really love to see is we'd love to see a church that has children and young people We're really passionate about reaching out to children and young people. We're really passionate about becoming a place that is a place of great welcome. That people would come here, walk off the street and feel welcome. Most importantly, we would love this church to be a place where the gospel is central. (coughs) Jesus Christ is the centre of everything we do. We want people to come here and come to know Jesus. We're not just a social club. We don't come here just for fun, you know, to have a bit of coffee and biscuit at the end. You know, there's better places to go for better coffee and better biscuits on a Sunday morning, and you don't have to sit for an hour and listen to a sermon. You know, Vanessa's nodding, yes. (laughs) Um, You know, we're not a club. We, We are here because we genuinely believe that Jesus Christ changes lives. He's changed my life, and I long for him to change lives right across this whole area, right across this city. We want to to lift the gospel up. We do that in this church by Alpha. We invite people to Alpha and we pray that they would come to know Jesus through Alpha. We pray that they would get to know God better. And we try to disciple um, one another through small groups. And so if you would like to become a, a part of a small group, we would love love, 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 to welcome you into a small group. We would love people to come on our Alpha team in September. This is part of our vision. These are the things that we're trying to do. This isn't about growing a mega church or anything like this. This is about doing what Jesus has asked us to do, which is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This vision is one that will save people's lives. This is a vision of Jesus. Where is Jesus taking us at this time? Glorious Jesus. Verse 12 tells us, then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. I don't know if you've ever had a time, a sort of dark night of the soul when you've prayed and you think, maybe I'm talking to no one. Is is there anyone out there? Am I really praying to God? Is he really there? This verse tells us that when we call upon him and we come and pray to him, he will hear us because God has a plan for us. And we may feel sometimes like we're praying to nothing, but let me assure you, God is the God who changes lives. And it may take him a bit of time, 
but he doesn't work on our schedule. You know, you can't send him an email and say, I'd like you to do this by Thursday at 5 p.m., please. God doesn't work like that. He knows when the best time is for everything. When you search me, you will find me. If you seek me with your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. It's a wonderful prayer for today, isn't it? I will let you find me. My prayer for all of you is that God will let you find him, that he will be found by you. Because if every one of us encountered the living God today, wouldn't that be amazing to walk out of here and think, wow, I've really met with God today, really met with him. And the verse goes on to say, I will restore your fortunes, gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. There's a promise of restoration Jeremiah is a book about restoration, about God's restoration, about God's promises for his people. But as I spoke a few weeks ago about the prophecy, prophecy works in in three different ways. So we have the prophecy that you're reading now, and you think, can this apply to me? How does Jeremiah apply to me now? Then there's the promise that this will happen in the future. So this is beyond our lifetime, when God, when Jesus returns, there's this promise of Jeremiah, okay, God will restore everything, he will restore the whole of humanity, everything that we're messing up at the moment, God will restore, and then of course there's the original meaning, back at the beginning, what did this mean for the exiles, the people who were sent from their own country, away from Jerusalem, taken into Babylon, it's the three, the three tier of prophecy, it's the now, it's the not yet, and it's the past. So what does this mean for us as a church? Where are we going? We are heading towards heaven. We're heading towards the Lord. We, I, I was just thinking about it um, this week, and I was thinking about the people that have gone before us. We've lost some wonderful people recently. Lovely April, who died, um, and was her funeral just a, a week or so ago. And lovely Heather, and there's been other people as well, you know, Frida from, um, uh, and, and we, we, we know that our time is short. I think when people die and go to be with Jesus, it reminds us our time is short. We don't have forever to do the things that we want to do, but we often act like it, don't we? We often think, gosh, well, you know, I've got plenty of time to do that, but actually we're all finite beings and we do only, well, finite for now, or, but we will be with Jesus and then we are infinite. You know, well, we are infinite beings. Sorry, that is very theologically mixed up. Okay, I will repeat that because I said some things wrong there. We are infinite beings. We are going to be, be around forever and be with Jesus. But on earth, we only have a short amount of time in this form. So it's about what are we called to do? What is God calling you to do? And there are two strands to this. There's the strand of um, what is God calling us to do as a church? And what is your own personal, each one of you, what are you personally called to do? And how do they fit together? Now, for some of you, you may have a very clear sense of my calling is this. This is what I do. This is what I've always done. I know that my calling is to, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, you know, for, from my perspective, it's to, uh, to be a, a minister in the church of God and to foster children. That's, that's things that I know that I'm called to do. Well, how does that fit in? to the calling of St. Matthew's. Well, we're trying to disciple people. We're trying to 
reach out to people. We're trying to serve our community. Well, in serving our community, that's, um, that's being a foster carer. I'm serving the general community. For some people, it might be more local. Um, Graham runs his emails and he sends out lots of emails and organises people in the local community. That's his serving the community. Now, what is your part? What is your calling? And how does it fit up with what we're doing as a church? That's something uh, I can't tell you. I'm not going to sit down and tell you what to do because that's not right. But God himself can do that. So I'm just going to allow time for a moment now just for us to think, God, what are you calling me to do? And for some people... This is going to be, uh, yes, well, I, I know what God's calling me to do. I know how it fits with the vision of St. Matthew's, you know, to be a vibrant congregation. I'm doing my bit. But for others, this might be a new concept, a new idea. You know, how, what is God calling me to do? Is there something within this place that, that I'd like to do? Or is there something within the community I'd like to get some other people on board to do? So what we're going to do now is we're just going to sit for a few moments. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit and we're just going to sit for a few moments in relative peace and just allow God to speak to us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word is powerful. I thank you that you know the plans that you have for us. And despite exile, Lord, I thank you that these plans will prosper us and not harm us and give us a hope and a future. So I ask you now that Holy Spirit, you will come and speak to us. Help us to know what part we are to play in your plan. Give us a vision, Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I pray that each one of us would seek you out this week. Lord, we would seek you out and spend time meeting with you and asking you what it is you're calling us to do. Lord, I pray that you would, um, like it says in your word, that you would meet with us. In Jesus' name, amen.